Welcome back everyone to Movie Geek and Proud, the show where there are no guilty pleasures in film. Fuck the haters and be proud of your taste. I'm your host Rob with another Rob's Rewind. This is where I rewatch a film in my collection and see if it holds up. To stay on the shelf, it has to score a four or above out of five or get tossed and traded for a store credit figuratively anyway. Let's start the show. Sorry to disturb you at this hour, but I have something you want. A new TV? It broadcast programs no one had ever seen. Wednesday at 9, don't miss an all-new episode of The Silencer of the Lambs. Then one night, Roy and Helen Nabel got sucked in and discovered that hell <laughs> is one TV show after another. Let's welcome our new contestants, Roy and Helen starring in every show. I've watched enough wrestling to know one thing. It's all fake. No one ever gets it. Not fake. Not fake. So the object, the object, Mr. Pierce, is to kill them before they reach the end. Oh, my God. We're cartoons. I am not a mouse. I'm Helen Nabel. I have two beautiful children. Mom? Our parents are trapped in television. Stay tuned. Where have you been? Welcome to Movie Geek and Proud, everyone. My name is Rob. I am your host today. I'm here with a good friend of mine, Noah Barnes. Hello, Noah. Hello, Robert. (laughs) Thank you for joining me on this recording. I appreciate it. So we are doing a old classic, one that that Noah and I liked when we were kids and just wanted to revisit it and see how it holds up today, uh, rewatching it. Uh, it's a 90, 1992 movie called Stay Tuned. Now, I can pretty much guarantee that every listener has never heard of this movie before. But you'd be surprised on the star uh, power that it had as far as the actors and actresses that starred in it. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, Noah, how are you today? I'm good. I'm happy to be here talking about uh, Stay Tuned. Yeah, uh, this is a uh, film that's that's sort of geared towards uh, TV and um, about TV watchers, I guess you can say. And uh, the theme of the movie sort of sparked the inspiration for our question of the week. So let's get right to that. Question? Uh, the Well, actually, it's not necessarily a question. It's more of a challenge of the week. Basically, it says, change the name of a film to look like it was made from hell. Uh, I know that uh, the folks on Twitter would remember this question. I posted this uh, a lot of months back. But as I said, anytime that I post a challenge or a question of the week, I'm recording something. So this is the movie that this question of the week or this challenge of the week is tied to. And so here are a couple of answers that I got from Twitter. So thanks for coming podcast said the little shop of horrors from hell. (laughs) 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 
I want you to watch this podcast said down here, we just call him boy. And they put a gif of Hellboy. Are you familiar with Hellboy, the character? I've heard of it. Okay, so they just basically just said boy because he's already in hell. Uh, oh, I get. It. Oh, I get. Yeah. I thought the name of the movie was Down Here. I thought there was a movie called Down Here. Gotcha. We, I was confused. Yeah, I that, got it. I got it. Wrote. That's clever. Very good. <laughs> Ryan L. Terry wrote I Lucifer, which I believe is a uh, a thing off of I Robot. Do you ever hear of I Robot? Yes. Will Smith. Yeah. Uh, there's Movie Goat podcast Beauty and the Number of the Beast. <laughs> I think I understand that one. That one's that one's cool. The Cinema Guys wrote Ace Ventura Hellspawn Detective. <laughs> uh, there was also, there was one that I really liked um, from, who was it? It was Colby Mack at Colby Told Me uh, on Twitter said, 1917 Lashes from a Demon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my well he used something super current uh, that was in theaters not too long ago um so i thought that was funny and uh delta El- echo actual at dennis underscore one said alita fallen angel instead of battle angel mm. uh here's a couple more that i like oh so the friday the 13th horror podcast said what we do in the shadows of the dark lord have you ever seen that movie? I heard it was really funny. No. I, I don't remember it too well, but um, yeah, it's it's hilarious. Uh, some of it that I saw. Uh, Mario at It's a Mario uh, on Twitter said, Let the Right One Inferno. So this is a playoff of um, Let the Right One In, which is a vampire movie. Ah. Yeah. Oh, oh and um, <laughs> Movie Drone Podcast said, Ode old heller oh that's that's good (laughs) yeah i think those were some of the one oh i like this one emily dominguez says sins and sensibility (laughs) (laughs) i like that one. yeah that one's great um there's chariots under uh chariots of internal fire uh drag me back to hell uh that were some good ones um I'll tell you the one that I thought of. It's a little bit similar to one that's written on here. I think somebody already took it. Yeah, um, Mrs. Delphire and Brimstone. I kind of thought about Mrs. Hellfire. Mm, but yes. um, the other one that I thought of is a play off, play on words on Freddy versus Jason, and I put Hades versus Lucifer. Mm. So two evil beings going at it. I think that kind of lands it on the nose not exactly the wittiest thing but yeah <laughs> well i came up with all about evil Ooh, i like that yes that um, one's really good and this one i feel like i'm really just copying stay tuned but dream ghouls that works that but works i i kind of copied from stay tuned yeah. on that so yeah thank you all for participating in the challenge of the week uh i really appreciate it and uh, yeah, those are some really clever answers. That was pretty funny. So we'll definitely have other questions pop up uh, on Twitter and Instagram as my recording schedule goes along. But yeah, just keep a lookout for all of those. We are doing Stay Tuned from 1992. Uh, this is a PG uh, rated film. 
adventure comedy fantasy. This originally premiered in August 14th. A husband and wife are sucked into a hellish television set and have to survive a gauntlet of twisted versions of shows they find themselves in. Now you kind of understand where the challenge of the week came from. Directors include Peter Hams and Chuck Jones, who was uncredited, but he directed a small portion of the film uh, that we'll get into. Writers include Thomas Parker and Jim Genoin, and it stars John Ritter, Pam Dauber, and Jeffrey Jones. Budget was an estimated of $25 million. Opening weekend was $3.5 million plus. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it didn't <laughs> it didn't do very well. Um, gross all of USA as well as worldwide only made ten million plus. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, I wonder what kept it from making money back then. I don't know if it was the stars or the plot of the movie or maybe just horrible reviews. I'm not sure. When uh, you said it came out in the summertime, yeah, it was probably up against what Batman Returns or something. Yeah, there's probably a ton of blockbusters out there. So this is one of those fun movies in the in the cracks when you you know this is a blockbuster movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a you gotta see it opening weekend movie. Yeah, exactly. On Rotten Tomatoes currently though, it's at forty percent. Which I don't think that that that's bad, actually. That makes sense. Well, I mean, for a movie, I think would have been like forgotten. I don't think I've ever heard anyone aside from you who have heard and seen this movie before. Well, the opening weekend gross speaks to that. (laughs) Uh, How much of this did you remember before we rewatched it today? I remembered all of the um, kind of basic i remembered the basic plot i remembered some of the parodies i do remember watching this on video as a child because i was a big tv nerd when i was a kid i watched a lot of tv and so the thing that actually stands out in my mind the most about this movie is the 10 second clip of john ritter on the three's company set yeah because the little tv nerd inside of me was so excited to see (laughs) this like you know reference to three's company yeah um and for those who have not seen this movie again um this came out back in 1992 so yeah we're gonna be talking about spoilers we haven't seen it in the last like 30 years then Sorry for you, but (laughs) we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff that happened in the movie. But after hearing our review, if it sounds like something you kind of want to check out and see how stuff was back in the day, and especially to see John Ritter back on screen again, definitely look look this up. This movie involves John Ritter, who is a guy who basically is obsessed with television, but it's also a way for him to escape his boring, dull, and unsuccessful life. He's sort of going through a midlife crisis. He's a father of two and has a very rocky uh, marriage with his wife, who is pretty much on thin ice with him in this television, taking more of the attention than her. And uh, basically, you've got this guy, Jeffrey Jones, who is an agent from hell, who seeks out these people who are obsessed with television and gives them the opportunity to buy this new big set that has 666 channels, you know, hitting it right on the nose. And with that sell, 
the gigantic uh, satellite dish that it takes to reach all of these channels um, is actually sort of like a conduit between Earth and the hell dimension below us that will suck you in and for 24 hours in entertainment form will have anyone sucked in go through channel through channel, TV show to TV show, and try and survive for a whole entire day. And so us as the viewers get to view um, twisted versions of our classic television that we love and turned sort of upside down to a more negative and threatening, violent way. Uh, How did you like it watching it over again? How was the rewatch? I actually enjoyed it. You know, anytime you watch something like this that you enjoyed as a child, when you rewatch it as an adult, well, speaking for myself, I often find that I don't like things as much as I like them as a child because kids like anything. Uh, you know, like if you try and go back and watch Full House as an adult. Oh my God. No, it's awful. It's really awful. So I was fully prepared to watch this again and and not enjoy it. And I would say that I, upon rewatching, while I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I would uh, make this a repeat viewing. Yeah, um, I did enjoy it more than I thought I might. Yeah, and there were moments that I that I liked and um, things that I didn't remember. So um, yeah, it was not bad. Yeah, it's, you know, I I feel like that forty percent Rotten Tomatoes score. <laughs> it's it's about right on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, rewatching this again, was reminded why I liked it as a child. Yeah. I mean, this is pure escapism at at its best, especially for anyone who grew up with a TV in front of their face instead of, you know, mostly going outside to play or having more of a active sort of outgoing um, social life. But yeah, I mean, for someone who watches TV all the time, this is a movie dedicated to them. And I was reminded of that just rewatching it. And of course, watching John Ritter again with his perfect timing performance, I think his jokes and the way that he reacts to things in the movie, I think are timed very well, just, you know, his reactions. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching him again on on screen. But I think I told you this earlier, this is something that I didn't notice. So the woman who plays his wife, uh, Pam Dobner. Is it Dobber? Dobber. She is also a TV sort of legend or icon. Uh, What show was she on? Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy. So again, if you don't know that show, definitely look it up. But it, uh, she co-starred with uh, Robin Williams where he got his big break through TV and entertainment. That was, how many seasons was that? It was only on for four seasons. Four seasons. Okay. And yeah, those were on the days when like happy days was on and and stuff like that. Yeah. It was a spinoff of happy days. Oh, okay. There you go. And so, yeah, so she is well known for that. And so it just made sense to have these two people be in a movie like this. Um, if you guys were to look up the poster for this movie, anybody who is looking this up while we're talking about this film, I mean, just the poster alone looks like a horror film. It looks devilish and like kind of creepy. I mean, just the thought of being sucked in a TV and having to survive deadly versions of your favorite shows. I mean, it, you would think this is like a, a B movie, a B horror movie, but um, it is fantasy, it is comedy, but I didn't really find myself laughing too much this time around. It was just something visually to kind of just lose yourself in, but it wasn't that funny. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. It's not like if this is the type of movie that if I were to watch it for the first time today, I don't think it would be that great, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, You know, I think the appeal of the movie to me is just, you know, I, I enjoy the kind of TV parody things. I mean, it's basically a way to set up TV parodies Mm -hmm. is what this movie is. And, and I think John Ritter is great. Of course. Um, he is a great actor. I wouldn't call this his best work. Of course. No, there's Um, a lot of stuff. Yeah. That he's done. That's better than this. for sure. Yeah. But you know, he's a great actor and he, of course, um, was gone way too soon. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a, a laugh riot. Yeah. It's a, fairly predictable movie but um as as we're saying that uh, i still enjoyed it for different reasons and i mean i don't think i was bored throughout the film mm-hmm. either especially even remembering what goes on and stuff like that i can't quote it or i know every line or anything but it was still i shouldn't say mesmerizing but i it still caught my attention for the whole you know hour and 28 minutes yeah and uh sort of the I guess, serious side of the movie or the backstory that kind of stems this because obviously this TV hellish platform is a way to sort of um, execute the story of this marriage being sort of um, reconciliated through dangerous situations. You know, the, you, you always say under extreme situations, um, you tend to get closer to the person that you're with. And this allowed them to work together you know, in between each channel, they found ways to really talk out some of the problems that they've had, which, you know, the husband is, his name is Roy. He basically doesn't really have a good job and the mom makes more money than he does, but she doesn't like to really present that in front of him because she feels that he's threatened by it. And, you know, their love life is is pretty non-existent, things like that. So they kind of talk through that through the movie. And I actually was rooting for the couple, you know, like they're two pretty likable people that you want to see stay together and stuff like that. So uh, I thought that backstory was was nice. A little segue into like the serious mode of it all. Although, you know, one thing that I noticed, uh, especially upon rewatching it, is that I, I think I liked these parodies best when they were a little more spot on. Okay. Um, for example, there is a Wayne's World um parody where it's a it's a direct parody of Wayne's World. They are sort of re-imitating the characters. And a lot of I think one thing that surprised me upon rewatching was how so many of the parodies are just kind of like Western. Or yeah. you know, uh there's a scene where they're uh in the French you know, Revolution. In the French and- Revolution, or they're just like in a snowy place. Yeah. And they call it Northern overexposure. It has nothing to do with Northern exposure. Exactly. Yeah. We don't meet any of the cast or any of the sort of themes and plots of the, of the show. And I think, I think one thing that I would have liked is if the, the parodies that they do, if they were more kind of direct, either direct parodies or because so many of them were, were just sort of them in some kind of particular situation. I think, no, I'm glad you actually brought that up. That's really interesting to think about with this movie. A lot of the spot on parodies of the shows and, and things that we liked were more in transition of 
changing the channel and getting an ad or a commercial. And that is when they had the opportunity to throw out titles and change them to make it look more devilish. But we didn't get most of that with most of the channels. I think it was more of an atmosphere that was dangerous versus the actual plot and and storylines of the of the show or, or movie. Right. They threw in a lot of kind of side uh, parodies where the the couple weren't actually in them, but they're just commercials or mm-hmm. there's some sort of extra filler. Like there's a hidden camera one, and there's a a spoof of the Maxwell. If anybody remembers the old Maxwell commercials, yeah. Um, and those I enjoyed more than kind of what they were going through. They're on ice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was a lot of time spent in certain channels that sort of took a theme of an older movie that we would watch back in the day. Like the French Revolution one seemed like something that would be on like PBS or something. But it wasn't necessarily anything funny or parodied about it. They just took something and put them in there as a way to try and kill them. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was, I think, I just think it was more clever when they did things like the Wayne's World. So parody. let's talk about that. So it, they actually tried their hardest to get the actual stars to cameo those roles, but scheduling conflicts just kept them from doing it. And mm-hmm. so they were unable to come in. And so I think either, if I read correctly, there was like a stunt double or some kind of like cameraman or person sort of took in the place of of the roles or whatever a personator or something like that but um yeah they actually tried to get mike myers and dana carvey to come back and do that unfortunately they couldn't get them but um was there any other sort of like channel or sort of situation that they were in that you found very creative or clever in trying to like take them out (laughs) um i like the animated sequence oh um, okay yeah yeah because that was, I mean, it was done by Chuck Jones, who yes. did the Warner Brothers cartoons. Uh, it was very reminiscent of the Looney Tunes cartoons. Tom and Jerry and stuff, yeah. Exactly. One one thing about that, too. So I heard in this featurette that's on the DVD, it took 22 animators and, no, I'm sorry, 25 animators and 22 weeks just to do that small segment of a cartoon Mm -hmm. and um i thought the cartoon was dead on chuck jones you can definitely just see you know him in that cartoon for sure yeah yeah and and it was funny it's you know i mean it was basically like a real looney tunes cartoon in the middle of the in the middle of the movie yeah um and i thought that was certainly more clever than some of the other things that wound up in this movie Mm mm-hmm one of my favorites um, that they went through, it was actually the very first channel. So they get sucked into the satellite, which I thought the effects didn't seem too dated. I actually, the way that they were kind of sucked in, I actually found that effect still kind of nice to look at. It didn't look too fake. You couldn't tell there was like a green screen or anything like that. Actually looked pretty decent today. Yeah, it wasn't bad. But the very first channel that they get sucked into is a game show. Right, and I like that. And I was like, how can you make a game show like evil and and an opportunity to kill them? And so if they got a question wrong, wrong they would be put into this snake pit or lava pit. But the questions that they had to answer had to do with their marriage. And so a lot of truths came out as far as like when he missed his anniversary, it was because he went to a bar and watched a World Series game and blamed it on car trouble. And so, again, this was still more of a platform as a therapy to their marriage or whatever. But I just found that clever because they had the classic, 
you know, host with that, you know, that game show voice. Yeah. And um, the audience and, and, you know, the Vanna sort of character and the prize. Oh, my God, the prizes. Do you, that that lazy crapper or whatever, where you can oh, pretty yes. much do everything in one chair. Right. But yeah, I thought I thought that was super clever. Yeah, um, I liked that one. Um, the other one that I actually found that was uh, kind of funny, it was super short, super short, but it was reminiscent about like some of the stuff that we definitely saw back in the day, and that was the Crash Dummy channel. Right. Yes. That yeah, where they would do a, a test drive of like those car commercials, and he was a, te- a crash dummy in the car. He was the dummy without a seatbelt, while the plastic one got a seatbelt. Right. And I just found that to be clever, but also funny. But it was super quick. So the Star Trek one was clever. I yes. thought that was good. Um, very likenesses of everyone. Yeah. And um, the Western one I thought was kind of funny. Only in the beginning because he zips in and his his entrance is he walks out of the saloon all tough and they've given him the scruff and the poncho. But then he opens the door and then it like falls off and it's just like, oh, that classic Ritter. Yeah. <laughs> that I thought was funny. And the, the salt and pepper music video was kind of cool. You have to have a music video. And so that's the, that's the other thing. It's like when watching this movie, do you think they captured 90s TV? Do you? think there was anything missing like a show or a genre that you don't think they covered that Um, you would like to see well they didn't really have other than the 10 second clip of freeze company they didn't really have a sitcom or a comedy no Um, again more cutoffs like yeah which i mean is sort of the you know one of the biggest most classic tv tropes or tv you know uh genres yeah so that i think you know, could have been fun, especially if it was where it was a direct takeoff of a particular show. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Salt and Peppa music video was fun, and you know. they were very popular back in the day, so it made sense to choose them, <laughs> right? And and you know, and I and you mentioned the Star Trek one. I like that again because it's sort of a direct parody. It's a it's a more clever parody of a real show. It reminded me of kind of the days when network television was king and yeah and people were watching everybody was watching the same shows and you would sit down because you had to watch a show at a certain time and um you know you, you couldn't just watch it later yeah and, everyone you know, would experience it all right at the same time right. and it, it felt nice to kind of be unified in that way with and, television yeah and and today you know as everyone knows it's just changed to a point where there's so many shows and you know i i probably don't even know half of the shows that are on network television today mm-hmm. um and so uh you know it's it's it it kind of reminded me of those days when um people did just kind of sit in front of the television. I also think though, it reminded me of um, sitting in front of the television as a kid and just watching things just cause it was on. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. or watching commercials or, or just like flipping channels. And those are things that I, I don't do any, I don't, I don't even have like a, I don't even have a television. Yeah. Actually <laughs> I watch TV on my laptop. So, you yeah. know, I, 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 I don't know the last time I ever like, flip channels there was um a big period of my life when i was younger and i always wanted to be an actor and stuff because it just looked like they were having so much fun on tv acting and stuff but 
I would remember and recite every single commercial that I saw. And then it became like a challenge because my family would notice that I would be repeating every word of every commercial that I saw. And so then it became this game like, oh, is there a commercial that I can't recite, you know, that I don't remember? And it was just sort of like a fun thing to even watch commercials. Now, I like go crazy if I see a commercial now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Given what you've seen on this movie, do you think with your TV knowledge that you'd be able to survive 24 hours? In a, in a sort of game like this and not, you know, and survive? No, I think I would die. But that has <laughs> nothing to do with TV knowledge. That's because I, I, I'm a wuss. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing that I think missed a little bit of the opportunity is that because he watches so much TV, he could have used some of that knowledge to kind of go through the TV tropes and figure out where things were or, or what would happen and... At what time, like, oh, this is the part where this would happen, so I need to, like, get out of the way or go here. Um, he was doing that noir, black and white sort of mm-hmm. thing, which I also thought was pretty clever to include in the list of channels that he went through. You know, he was like, I've watched enough noir shows. I know what goes on. You know, little stuff like that. I wish they had more of that. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think of the acting overall? Um, <laughs> I know that the, the youngest, the daughter took you back to the 90s with her like clever name callings to the brother god she was classic um yeah (laughs) clever would be a bit of a stretch i think it was always something like dweebazoid or what yeah puss head and your pizza topping yeah that's uh no i mean i think you know i like john ritter and i like pam dauber um i thought you know john ritter probably elevated this material certainly yeah because i again it's not a laugh riot Mm -hmm. so i think their acting was good jeffrey jones does his creepy thing you know i don't want to say he's typecast but he definitely knows how to play this type of part you know being the villain you know yeah and the kid i mean the kids were annoying (laughs) so did you recognize the boy the smart one, the one who kind of figured it all out and helped out the parents while they were in TV land, uh, that was David Tom. So that's younger brother of Nicole. Yeah. Nicole, is it Nicole Tom? Nicole, and I think there's two of them. There's Nicole two of them. and I, I don't remember the other I one. I know you're talking about. So David actually, with the other Tom, ended up on Young and the Restless for a short while. So mm. he was on Young and the Restless for a little bit, too. Um, Heather, I, I think, is the other one. Which one? Heather. Heather, yes. You're you're right. You're right. Uh, so, yeah, it was funny seeing him in this uh, as well. Overall, what would you say, stay tuned? Like, is this something that you would recommend to people? Or do you think there's still an audience for something this old? Or? I would say if you watched a lot of TV in the early 90s, maybe. But... I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. I think that's fair. It was fine to watch it for me because for me it was nostalgic because I watched it as a kid. Mm -hmm. Otherwise I think you're, you'll you'll be fine without it. (laughs) Yeah. So with that being said, everyone, um, no one, I are going to rate this film. We do a one to five rating system. He may have a different criteria than I am, but Noah, how many, um, remote controls, remote controls. Yes. Would you give stay tuned? So this is hard because sometimes I incorporate 
when I've done these podcasts before, I think sometimes I incorporate nostalgia into my ratings. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's probably not the best thing to do if you're giving a rating for another person. Yeah. Because they're not going to have the same nostalgia. Exactly. So that being said, my initial thought was like, oh, man, I think I'll give it like a three, three and a half. But that's including nostalgia. Okay. So if I remove the nostalgia, I think I'm going to have to give it a two. All right. Two, two out of five. Not bad. Almost halfway. It's 40%. 40%, yeah. <laughs> so for me, I, I I did love the nostalgia. I was a 90s kid, so this movie is catered to me in my generation. I think that this would be a very difficult movie to sell on anyone born in the 2000s or later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, with every single channel and even like Western noir, French Revolution, none of that is appealing to anyone in as, as far as a younger millennial. Uh, with that being said, I think that anyone who did you know, grow up in the 90s, like you said, may have um, a little bit of a entertainment value with this watching it especially if you grew up with john ritter i think john ritter is well worth the reason to check this movie out if you happen to come across it uh but yeah it, it might be a hard sell to recommend this to everyone uh while it wasn't as funny and whimsical and fantastical as it was when you're a kid watching it, watching it as an adult, you kind of look at it with more serious eyes. So that kind of brings it down a little bit to how I remembered it before. I would probably give it a two and a half, um, only because, uh, yeah, the acting was definitely on par. Nothing too, you know, extravagant about it. Everybody did their part. I wasn't bored at all, and I think that I would still watch it again, but it would be for a very specific reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there were other movies that I can turn to to kind of put me in a good mood, you know. But it was nice to kind of watch this every few yeah. years, you know. And, um, yeah, I think that if you want to, you know, kind of see the, you know, back in the day 90s shows that are no longer, you know, on air for the most part and see John Ritter again, definitely check this movie out. You may like it and find something that you didn't know you needed. <laughs> Um, you know what uh, this reminded me of is the Weird Al Yankovic movie UHF. Now, I have not seen that all the way through, but yes, it is a huge parody film of, yes. uh, is it just specific type of movies or what was that? No, it's it's very similar in that he, um, it, it, well, the, the premise is that he owns a, a UHF TV station, but a lot of the movie is parodies of different TV shows. Gotcha, gotcha. So... Um, and parodies of commercials and things like that. Very similar to what's in this film. Okay. So if you like UHF, it's, it's, it's a similar vibe. Maybe not, I would say maybe not as clever as mm -hmm. UHF though. Okay. All right. Well, it's, it's nice that you brought that up because what I want to start incorporating in my reviews is sort of, um, giving you a couple of films that are sort of in the same realm or relation to, the one that we're reviewing. So if stay tuned is something that you might enjoy, uh, I also want to recommend some of these other titles. So for any John Ritter fan out there, Problem Child 1 and 2 are so good. And with him in it, and he plays another father who adopts this hellish of a kid who basically is like Dennis the Menace times 10. 
And um, I think that those two films in particular are really good and definitely showcases uh, John Witter's uh, comedic skill. Um, another thing that I, another movie that I wanted to bring up um, was Galaxy Quest. Um, listening to the score and soundtrack of this film reminded me a lot of Galaxy Quest. It just gave me that heroic, sort of vibrant, brought you know, vibe with it. Um, and plus, it's also sort of a parody to a TV show as well. That's the one with Tim Allen and Scorny Weaver. Have mm-hmm. you seen that one? I I've definitely seen parts of it. Okay, Maybe I saw all of it. Yeah. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Um, one other one that I wanted to uh, bring up, or actually two, there's um, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Last Action Hero, which is sort of the movie version of a movie like Stay Tuned, where it's more on the movie side of things. And this little kid with a magical ticket gets sucked into his favorite action movie and having to um, go through the film with his favorite action hero. And then that action hero is brought into the real world and has to kind of go through um, the real world. And not everything that happens in an action movie happens in real life. So he's sort of like like thrown with a bullet, not blowing up a car with one bullet, you know, um, like most action movies do. And then there's Adam Sandler's Click. Do you remember Click? I never saw it. Click was a movie, I forget exactly which year, but uh, it involved Adam Sandler who went to Bed Bath & Beyond and went to the Beyond section of the store and met up with Christopher Walken, who gave him a remote control that basically um, not only controls TV, but it controls his literal life. So with the volume button, the mute button, the fast forward, the rewind, he can literally adapt that to his life and control it however he sees fit. But it has sort of that like TV vibe going on throughout the movie too. So that would be something similar to check out if something like Stay Tuned is something that you would like to watch. Another uh, sort of related film uh, that I would mention that's uh, way better than this movie is Pleasantville. Oh, if you like yeah. movies about two people that are sucked into television, uh, then Pleasantville is a good option. <laughs> but of course, Pleasantville is more dramatic. Uh, it's it's kind of it's sort of a dramedy, I guess. It has comedic elements as well. Pleasantville is my favorite movie of all time. Yes, and um, Noah, you and I definitely will review that at some point. I I wanted to kind of do a double feature with that because I think the uh, clash between the two fit very well. But we'll definitely do a a review of that because I would like to watch Pleasantville again. Mm -hmm. It definitely is a movie that hits a little close to home because it deals technically with prejudice against, you know, skin color. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I found I didn't expect that watching the movie because the previews didn't say anything about like sort of like a metaphoric racism in the yeah. <laughs> plot. But it is a film that I think is relevant and important even today. So, yeah, we should definitely review that one day. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our review. Uh, we did give it a little bit of a low score. But again, if this uh, discussion just um, piqued your interest at all, check out Stay Tuned. You can definitely stream it on Amazon. I'm sure that uh, the movie is is on there. Unfortunately, it's not on Hulu or Netflix at the moment. But I'm sure you can check it out on Amazon. Also remember to rate and review our show if you enjoyed our episode and most of our uh show uh, up until today we uh you can review us on itunes or Podchaser or any podcast platform that you are on noah thank you 
Thank you, Robert. I appreciate you being on our show today. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed uh, rewatching Stay Tuned. And thank you, everyone, who listened to this week's episode. We'll definitely be back uh, for another one. So, uh, yeah, have a good one. Say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>